0: Folks, we are back. This is the Second String Podcast. I am your host, Nick Bradley. Hope everybody's week is going well. What is it today? Wednesday, I want to say. Middle of the week, hump day, you're pretty much always there. I always thought of or I always think of the work week. Friday, you're there. I mean, Friday is the weekend. Friday, you're there. Thursday, you're pretty much there. You're not quite there, but you're so close, you may as well be there. You hit the point where you can rationalize anything going on. You don't want to go into work Friday. You got a long day, ton of stuff to do, meetings, this, that, the other. You can rationalize it quite – I just wake up one more time. Boom. That's it. I just get out of bed Friday morning and it's the weekend. That's it. You essentially – by Thursday, you've made it. Wednesday, same deal. Wednesday, you haven't quite made it, but you're right there. Because guess what? You wake up Wednesday – you just got to power through Wednesday. All of a sudden it's Thursday. Thursday may as well be Friday and Friday is the weekend. You're right there, folks. You're almost there. You're essentially there. You may as well be there. Hope the week's gone well, right? Hope the rest of the week, these last few days, the tail end go well. Hope you got some weekend plans ahead. Hope you're doing some fun stuff. Fucking Christmas is about to be here. I It's uh, December 8th. It's going to be Christmas by the time I blink next. Um. Hopefully you're doing some Christmas shopping, right? Don't be that person that waits till the last minute. And then you show up with a Hallmark card and a gift card somewhere. I used to think gift cards were unbelievable. I used to get gift cards and go, wow, this is incredible. The power to buy whatever I want, just free money. I can go spend this on whatever I want. And as I've gotten older, as I've really matured, as, as my wisdom has developed over these few years, I've kind of come to realize the whole point of a Christmas gift isn't even necessarily whether or not it's something great that you're going to use. To be honest with you, it's not even totally about something that you love or something that serves some incredible utility. Listen, maybe you're the biggest toast lover alive. Maybe you have avocado toast every single day, 8 a.m. sharp avocado toast. Let's say your printer on, I almost said your printer. Let's say that toaster of yours has been broken for the past few few weeks. You get a toaster for Christmas. Now you can have that avocado toast again. It isn't even so much about the fact that, hey, you've got a toaster now. It's going to serve this great utility. Now you can eat breakfast again. You've been going anemic. You've been starving yourselves. You're falling asleep at every 10 a.m. meeting. Your boss is going, hey, what's, what's going on? It's 10 o'clock. You got a coffee boss, I didn't have my avocado toast. My toaster's been out of commission for the last couple of weeks. It serves a massive utility in someone like that's life. But the Christmas gift isn't even about that. And this is what I wanted to say. It's not about the utility. It's not about, oh, your life just got so much better. It's not about something you need. It certainly isn't even about something you want, right? That pair of shoes, that new video game, that jacket, the shirt, the iPhone. It's not even something about you want. The Christmas gift is about something that makes you smile. Bang, folks, bang. And when I say that, I mean, depending on the person that gives it to you, right? Depending on the circumstance. You get it in. Depending on maybe the last few weeks, you and your friends, some inside joke came up. Maybe a month ago, you guys went on a trip somewhere and it was a great weekend. Maybe this, maybe that, maybe something's happened. The point of a Christmas gift is to call, when you see that item, when you hold that item, it's not, hey, great, I can make toast again. I can eat breakfast again. Not that, it's, oh man, this reminds me of them. I love that person. What a great gift. That's awesome. It makes you smile. It gives you a little gift. It gives you a laugh. You think of something, you associate a memory to the gift. It's kind of like why music is so great. Obviously human beings, it's fucking, the brain is fucking weird, but obviously human beings just enjoy listening to things. When a melody hits our ears just right, it makes us happy. We enjoy it. It's entertaining. But I think some of the beauty of music and think back to some of your favorite songs, your favorite albums, I'm sure they're great. I'm sure they sound fantastic, right? You could play them for 80% of the population and they'd go, yep, that sounds pretty good. That soothes the earlobes. Your favorite albums, your favorite artists, your favorite songs, what about them makes them your favorite? Is it that they sound the best? Is it that the lyricism is bar none? Is it that the production is, is unbeaten? Is it that? Or is it you discovered that album, or you first listened to that album, or you really went in on that album at a specific time in your life? Bang again. Bang again. That's why people love music. That's why your favorite album is your favorite album. It's not because Billy Joel's pipes are are worthy of the gods, which they absolutely are. They absolutely are. And anybody to say otherwise would be foolish, but it's because you listened to that album when you were backpacking across Europe, fresh out of college. You listened to that album when you were going into pubs in London and having your way, swinging, swinging, flirting, shooting shots to every English broad in sight. Yeah, none of them went in, but you had a time. It was a new experience. It was fun. And now anytime Billy Joel comes on, you think back to drinking that disgusting Guinness and getting rejected by the English blonde. That's why we love music. And that's the beauty of a Christmas gift. It's not great. The Christmas gift isn't awesome because, hey, you know what? Awesome. You can, you know, you got new shoes to wear. Maybe someone will comment on your shoes. I like shoes, by the way. Like, let don't get it twisted. I like shoes. I like clothes. But that stuff you buy for yourself in an ideal world, in Nick Bradley's world, I suppose. You don't love the Christmas gift. Hey, now you can make that avocado toast again. You love the Christmas gift because it could be something like a paperweight. It could be a fucking refrigerator magnet. It could be something you use, you touch, you look at once every three months. But every time you do, you think of a specific memory, you think of a specific person, you think of a specific place, and it makes you happy. That's the beauty of the Christmas gift. So don't wait, don't hesitate, and then show up to Christmas with as the schmuck who, hey, I got you a gift card to Target. What? You got me a gift card to Target? That's part of the joy. That is the joy in giving gifts. You don't give out Christmas gifts and say, hey, here's a crisp $100 bill. Hope you like it. Sure, that's useful. Sure, they'll spend it. Sure, they're going to say thank you. That's awesome. Fuck Whatever. The best part about giving a gift is you buy that gift and the best part of shopping for gifts. And it goes on and on and on and on as far as Christmas gifts go. The best part of giving that gift, the best part of shopping for that gift, the best part of buying that gift is you're in the store alone thinking about giving it to your friend. You're in the store alone sitting there laughing to yourself because you know it's hilarious. You know, they're going to love it. You know, yeah, you know what this oven mitt, like, not the greatest. It's not, I'm not dropping a bag on this oven that I'm not fucking, this isn't going to be an everyday use. This isn't going to be something that's going to improve their quality tenfold necessarily. This isn't going to be something that they're going to wear to the club and get the girl. But this is something that when they put it on, when they do wear it, they're going to say, ha was that's funny. It makes me think of that person. And you think of that entire time-lapse unfolding when you're buying the gift, when you're shopping for the gift. And that is the beauty of Christmas. That is the beauty of Christmas gifts. Don't be getting someone a toaster just because now they can make toast again. Get them that toaster because when you were freshmen in high school, one of you stuck your dick in a toaster and got electrocuted and it was the funniest thing you've ever seen. That's why you get someone a toaster, guys. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't get the toaster for the avocado toast. Don't get the toaster for the utility. Don't get the toaster because you think, oh, they need one of these or this is going to make their life easier. Get the toaster because you saw your friend 14 Natty Lights Deep making out with a toaster on the frat house roof. That's why you get the toaster. That's why you get the toaster. And I don't want to be too confusing here. I'm not telling people to go out and get toasters. I can't really think of a worse gift than a toaster. I feel like that is... The most stereotypical when a movie or a TV show is trying to make a joke about a bad gift, about a half assed gift, where the person receiving it instantly is like, This sucks. They always use a toaster. So, by no means am I telling people to go out and get all your best friends' toasters, but it's the symbolism. It can be something as simple and as bland and as lame as a toaster. But if it has that meaning, But if it has that relevance, the memory, what's the word? What's the word? The sentimentality, then maybe the toaster's the way to go. I just want to say this Christmas season, this holiday season, when you're walking around the mall, when you're at the superstore, when you're surfing Amazon, don't base your Christmas gift decision on utility. Don't base it on, oh, they need one of these. Don't base it on, you know, it's money. You can buy anything you want. Base it on something funny. Base it on something that's going to put a smile on your face, on their face. I'll tell you this, I promise you a $100 crisp Benjamin, $100 bill, you give someone that. Or if you give them a $5 fucking rock. That has some sort of funny value or funny memory associated with it where they're going to, every time they see it, maybe what do you use a rock for a paperweight? They're going to put it on their nightstand, never fucking lift it up, never use it. But when they look at it, when they think about it, they think of you, they think of your funny times. They think of your friendship, they get a smile on their face. That rock, that useless rock, that $5 rock outweighs the $100 bill every time. And that's a fact because our rock is more dense and more massive than the $100 bill. So naturally it's going to outweigh it, but also emotionally, sentimentally, that rock outweighs the $100 bill. As far as giving a good gift goes, that rock outweighs the $100 bill. Don't wait to the last minute. Don't be one of those schmucks that comes around with a fucking gift card, especially if you're shopping for a kid. If you're shopping for someone that's like 16 or younger, please don't show up with a gift card. Hey, here's 20 bucks to Target. Don't do that. Get them something. Get them something they'd like. Get them something that isn't money or a fucking piece of plastic or a book or toothpaste. Get them something. Don't wait to the last minute. Let's put some thought into it, folks. There is fun in giving gifts. There is fun in giving gifts. When you go from a place of love in the right place, there is some fun in giving gifts. We're going to take a quick break. As some of you may know, I moved to California last week. Don't have anything to cook with. Don't have any groceries. Don't even have a car to go get any of that kind of stuff. I'm living in an extended stay hotel eating what's provided to me in walking distance of establishments near the extended stay hotel. We're working with the bare minimum here. I'm not living at the Ritz Carlton. Okay. Went to Chipotle the other day, as some of you may also know, and I've documented on this very podcast. I love Chipotle. I love Chipotle for the value, for the quantity of food, for the quality of food, for the health factor. The fact that listen, it's probably not good for you, but I can look at a Chipotle bowl. I see a couple diced tomatoes in there. I see a little bit of lettuce. I'm thinking, wow, this must be, I'm going to feel like Superman by the time I'm done with this. For all those things considered, I love Chipotle. There's one mile, about a mile away from my uh, hotel. Walked over there the other day, placed an order. Something happened that triggered a reaction in my brain Something that happens on the regular, especially at establishments similar to Chipotle, that I can't believe we as a civilization, we as a group of people, as humans, as consumers, as an intelligent species, abide by. Quick break and we'll get into it. Yours truly was at Chipotle the other day, minding my own business, grabbing some dinner. Listen, between you and me, if I'm going to keep it 100, if we're going to be frank with each other, if we're going to be full disclosure, full honesty, I've been eating a disgusting amount of 7-Eleven sandwiches for dinner. You heard that correctly. I said I've been eating a disgusting amount of 7-Eleven sandwiches for dinner. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me if it's my choice. I guess in a way it kind of is, but also not really. I don't have many options. We'll talk about that another day. If you're concerned about my 7-Eleven habits, if you're concerned, I may. it's been a week, so I've probably had five sandwiches or so. If you're concerned, maybe I've developed some condition in this time by eating those sandwiches, please don't hesitate to reach out. I really do value all opinions, all input, especially concerning my health. But as far as the sandwiches and why it is I'm doing that, I'm not interested in getting into it. Anyways, as one can imagine... Eating 7-Eleven sandwiches constantly for dinner gets old very quickly. It really does. Quicker, however quick you think 7-Eleven sandwiches for dinner would get old, whatever that timetable looks like, I promise you it gets older faster than that. So I said, you know what? Let me be resourceful. Now, I don't have a car. I'm not really interested in paying for an Uber every single time I have to leave my hotel not only is that inconvenient. I mean, it's not that inconvenient, but it's expensive. That's the main thing. And Uber, every fucking time I want to go somewhere, that's expensive. That adds up. Th- the shirts are doing pretty well. They're not doing that well. <laughs> so I said, you know what? Let me be resourceful. Let's do a little Bear Grylls here. I've watched Survivor a few times. Let's adapt to the surroundings. Google, right? As, as primal as it gets, I resort to my pre-evolutionary instincts. And I take out my smartphone and I go to the internet and I Google food near me. Now, lucky for me, a Chipotle pops up. I'm sitting there. Wow. You literally could not have put a better name, a better restaurant in front of my face. There's a Chipotle about a mile away. I can do that walk all fucking day. I can do that walk. Here's the twist. Now, if you're wondering, not really a twist, but if you're wondering why it is I eat 7-Eleven, it starts to get dark at like 445. And the Chipotle, I have to walk across the four or no, the five. So massive freeway here in California. Um, There's cars everywhere at rush hour. It's dark out. I kind of, even though I'm obviously not walking across the freeway, I'm walking across like exits and entrances to the freeway. Kind of makes me nervous. It's dark out. There's a shit ton of people. It's California. I don't, I'm not really used to how people drive here. Kind of makes me nervous. Don't really want to do it after it's dark. But this day, it was still light. It was 4 o'clock. I'm going to go get some Chipotle. I'm going to treat myself. We're not going to eat fucking horse trough or pig trough, pig slop, whatever it's called. Get there, hunt down this Chipotle. It was in like an outdoor strip mall, kind of like Partridge Creek in Michigan, except way fucking bigger. So it took me a little bit to locate it. It was kind of going through a maze. I'm taking turns. The map quest didn't really know if I was driving or if I was walking, which made it a little more difficult. There were people everywhere which made it, I'm like looking at my phone, making sure I don't crash, looking, making it, I don't crash, looking, crash, looking, crash. Finally make it to the Chipotle. I go to order. I start her off with what I always do. Hey, how's it going? Um, Can I get a bowl to go, please, with a tortilla on the side? Every single time I've ever ordered Chipotle, that's exactly the first few words that come out of my mouth. Yeah, what kind of rice? Yeah, I'll do double brown rice, please. Um, Can I have black beans as well, actually? All right, protein. Here's where we start to lose each other. Here's where something happened that I couldn't believe I'd never really thought about. I couldn't believe it was something that happens. Because once I started thinking about it, I was like, wow, this happens all the time. And I've never once thought about it. Nobody else in this line behind me has ever thought about it. We've never even thought how how insulting it is. We just go with it. We take it, we eat our food, and we go like the beasts that we are, the uneducated beasts. She goes, yeah, protein. I say, yep, I'll have some chicken, please. Takes one scoop of the chicken. Boom, into the bowl. We're good to go. She starts reaching back. Now, mind you, a couple things here. couple things. If you're one of those Chipotle workers that you give them a full scoop and then you go back and you give them another half scoop, God bless you. I hope you have the best Christmas. I hope your life's incredible. I hope you probably do have amazing people in your life because people like that, if you're someone who's given out free extra portions of chicken at Chipotle – you have to just attract goodness. You have to just attract the most pure-hearted, genuine, positive people on earth. You're probably living the life. You may not have much, but it could feel like everything. You God bless your soul. okay? If you're a person who works at Chipola, you give them the one scoop and we move on. We're on to the fajitas or we're on the salsa. Fine. That's fair too. You gave me my scoop. There is no. We're not playing games. This isn't a charity. I got the scoop and now we're onto the salsas. I have no problem with that too. You're just taking orders, right? You're doing a job. You gave me the scoop. I asked for chicken. You scooped the scoop of chicken and now we're onto the salsa. I have zero problem with that. This is what this lady did though. She gives me the scoop of chicken. Great. Great. Got my money's worth. She goes back. All of a sudden, my heart is in my throat, right? I got butterflies. I feel like I've just seen my wife for the first time. Okay. I feel like someone told me, Hey, you just got a job at barstool sports. I feel like someone just told me, Hey man, you just hit the lottery. You have $50 million in your bank account. I feel like nothing could tear me down. I feel like if I jumped off a four-story building, I would fly. She's going back for this chicken ladle first. She is spearing that thing. That ladle, that scooper is on a mission. It's not going there just to hang out. That that ladle is not moving like it's just going back into the chicken bowl to sit there. That ladle is moving with intention. That ladle is moving to scoop chicken. I've seen that kind of movement before. I've seen someone handle a spoon like that and make a violent cut towards some sort of food with it. I know exactly what's going on when that ladle is picked up and starts moving back towards the chicken. I'm sitting there on top of the world thinking, great, I'm about to get another half scoop. I didn't say double chicken, nothing. I'm about to get another half scoop of chicken free of charge on the house just because this person is an incredible human being, just because she's surrounded herself with phenomenal people her entire life because her parents brought her up the right way because she isn't greedy. She's selfless. And she was brought up sharing. I'm about to have the day of the year because she's going to give me a free scoop of Chipotle. Moment of truth comes around. That ladle makes it to the chicken basin. My eyes are glued to it. What do you think? I'm going to look at the people next to me in line. You think I'm looking down the aisle at the salsa? You think I'm looking at her? My eyes are glued to that ladle as it approaches the basin. She goes, she puts it in like she's about to scoop and she scoops maybe one piece of chicken. Maybe that's being generous. Maybe one piece of chicken. And she has the fucking audacity to bring that ladle with maybe one piece of chicken. Could have been a half, to be honest. Who knows? My eyes may have been playing tricks on me. It could have just been no chicken at all. She has the audacity to bring that one, half, no pieces of chicken on that spoon all the way back to my bowl and dump it out as if she just unloaded another full helping of chicken. And then she says, would you like a salsa? I have no interest in the rest of that order. I have never been so insulted. My intelligence, not only just my personal intelligence, based on you know what I think of myself or or the education I've received, my intelligence as a human being, your intelligence as a human being. Every single person who's ever eaten at a Chipotle, who's ever been in a similar scenario, our intelligence insulted before our eyes, non-verbally didn't have to say a word. I've never been so insulted in my entire life. The fact that she thought she could go back to that basin of chicken, pretend she's going to scoop more. And in reality, scoop less than a piece, bring it all the way back to my bowl and dump it in as if there was more than zero chicken on that spoon and expects me to be like, Oh, great. She went back in for seconds. What kind of insult is that? Do you think I'm some kind of dog? Really? What first came to mind was when you're, if you have a kind of stupid dog, like my dog's an idiot, let's say you have some food up on the counter and you do the whole pretend grab, you do the whole, Oh, I close my hand right next to the food and then you bring it down by your dog and now your dog thinks you have a handful of food. That's how I felt. You know there's nothing in your hand. You know it's all fake. You know your dog's an idiot and you never actually grabbed any food. But that is how I was treated. By a human, a human being, another person did that same exact thing, did something on par with me tricking a dog and expecting that dog. When you bring your hand off the counter, your dog's wagging his tail. He's so excited. He thinks he's about to get some food. He loves you. In that moment, he loves you. He's so appreciative of you. Yes, he's feeding me. He's given me a treat. He's given me a piece of his dinner. That's what happened with a human being in this line at Chipotle. She went back with that ladle. I'm sitting there wagging my tail. I'm fired up. I'm Pavlov's dog. I'm salivating. I cannot wait. I cannot believe I'm getting a free scoop of chicken. I can't believe I'm getting at least a free few more pieces of chicken. She goes all the way back. Meanwhile, Not to mention, forget about just me, the other people in line, the people behind me that are starving, that have worked a long day at the factory or at the office or wherever, starving, need some kind of nourishment, have been waiting patiently, mouths closed, behaving well, waiting for their turn to get some American Mexican cuisine. And she holds up the line with this phony second helping of chicken right in front of my face. Like for somehow I won't notice that she just scooped air and put it into my bowl. I couldn't believe what happened to my, what happened there. And I started thinking this has happened so many times. This is nowhere near the first time. This is kind of like a regular occurrence at places like Chipotle where they're kind of performing the magic in front of you. They're setting the serving size in front of you. I couldn't believe what happened. And I got thinking every time or almost every time or many times I've been at a Chipotle or a likewise establishment. I have the sheets pulled over my eyes in the exact same way. They have the audacity to go back with a spoon, reach for chicken, come up with air, put it in your bowl and pretend like they're doing you some kind of unnecessary favor. I couldn't believe it. I've never been more insulted. Michael Corleone says to uh, Carlo, don't lie to me, Carlo. It insults my intelligence. I say to you, Chipotle, Mexican grill, don't lie to me about the chicken. Don't pretend to give me a second helping. It insults my intelligence. Give me the helping, move it along, and let me be on my way. That's all I got today, folks. Hope you have a great day, great rest of your week. We're on the Detroiter tomorrow yesterday's episode of the Detroiters out. We'll be back here Friday. Appreciate the listeners, everyone who supports. If you're a Michigan fan, got some fire in the uh, second string store. Absolute fire. Check that out. I'll talk to you guys later this week.